Hello, everyone. Welcome in. All right. <laughs> Bear with me as we uh, as we get back into the swing of things, because uh, it's been it's it's definitely been a while, has it not? It's been it's been far too long. So you'll notice this, the camera is a little bit different because I have to I have to brag a little bit. I'm I'm extremely excited to be back, but the time that I've been spending away has been amazing. Uh, we brought my 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 beautiful daughter back into the world, or not back into the world. We brought my beautiful daughter into the world, and so taking some time off, spend it with the family, build build on one another, and uh, spend every single night without any sleep. So. It's fantastic to be back. I'm I'm so incredibly grateful to each and every one of you who, during this time, have been reaching out for me, saying how excited you were that uh, eventually you knew I was coming back. Big shout out to Muddy Waters Media for giving me a platform to reach out to you guys, talk to you guys about my my views, my opinions, my stances on things that have been going on. So, and I've got plenty of them. I've got I've got a, a whole a whole truckload of those and i haven't been able to share them with you guys very much lately on twitter we've been hitting it a little bit harder but uh you know big shout out to muddy waters media and uh truly right now uh thank you to my family for for being so incredibly amazing um let's go to the comment section before we get finished with the introductions because shane of course says guess who's back Back again, straightened beard is back. Tell a friend, not the nasty salmon. Yes, that's right, not the nasty salmon. If you guys have missed it because you guys don't live in the Facebook community world with me and Shane and and Spike and Matt, shame on you. First off, but second off, uh, there there's there's a little bit of a rivalry. Uh, salmon is bad, and that is for sure. That is truthful. Salmon is bad. Seafood is bad, and so that includes tilapia, which uh, Shane happens to be a big fan of. Um, <laughs> about time you stopped being selfish and did a podcast again. Sheesh, have a kid and you forget it all about us. I, you know, I was shedding tears. And right now, if I shed any tears, that is actually my wife. She made me a, a, just, uh, an amazing uh, fajita just before I came on. And there's two habaneros in it. So I'm, I'm still, I still got a little bit of the sweats going on. So it, it's not just hot in the house. It's hot in my mouth. So, <laughs> love the wife, making good food, taking care of me. Thankfully, no habaneros for baby. But baby Kiara is doing amazing. The baby beard. Uh, wife is doing amazing. We're, we're, we're coming together. And so, thank you. Thank you to everyone. Uh, during that time of, of giving us your prayers and your good thoughts, um, I'm glad to, to, have been get, to have gotten through that process and through everything. We did hit some bumps in the road. But... Let's get in here to what you guys come here to see me do, and that is talk about the politics, talk about what's going on uh, in, in the political world and the social world of, of here in this country and around the world. Um, that's really what you come here to see me, Mr. America, the bearded truth for, right? So without further ado, I will bring you guys myself, the your neighborhood-friendly libertarian. I don't bite... And I certainly don't violate your nap, and I don't violate the baby's nap. So uh, glad to be back, and um, I'm not glad about the topics that we're going to be covering tonight. Uh, of course, the big thing that we're going to be talking about is, of course, the gun control, the the, the three, actually four, uh, big uh, big gun events, big killings with those, those nasty assault weapons. Uh, we have to get into that because certainly... 
that's where the market has the demand. It's got the demand and therefore we have to, we have to, we have to uh, follow through on that. So thank you guys all for, for liking the video, for retweeting the video, for sharing the video, for reaching, getting this out there and to make sure that it, each and every one of us gets to see a little bit more of the beard. How long has it been? It's been about two, little over two weeks, a little over two weeks. So I, my plan is, is to get through the gun gun events, get through these uh, through these tragedies, both the the tragedies of, of loss of human life, as well as get into hopefully uh, the uh, the situation with the tariffs and, and everything else, because that that that's another tragedy on a different on a different level um, and well worth a good discussion. Um, while I'm at it. I will be putting in the show notes afterwards. If you guys do want to uh, help out with the with the baby funds, if you guys want to send a gift or send something, we do have a gift registry. Um, if you guys want to support that, I know I've had a couple of you guys, and I'm so incredibly grateful for all of you um, who who did reach out. But if, if feeling a little skittish and don't want to help or want to help out, but a little little scared to to reach out and ask, I will be putting those in the show notes on Facebook, on YouTube, and on. <clears throat> On the website, of course, muddywatersmedia.com. So if you guys want to help out, that will be there for your easy access. Um, if you guys are, are don't have the time right now to listen to this podcast in its entirety, you can always find us on the podcast apps. Preferred, of course, is the Anchor FM. Anchor FM, where you have, you have me, you have Spike, and you have Matt coming to you five days a week, giving us, giving you the great content that you can see each and every day and take with you on the road, take with you uh, to the gym and take with you to work. So you don't have to listen to your annoying coworkers. A lot of good times to listen to us and you don't have to be watching us and, and seeing our ugly mugs all day long. So you can watch it. You can listen to it. You can do whatever you want with this. Make sure you guys are just tuning in muddywatersfreedom.com muddywatersmedia.com. Sorry, we have transitioned. So, whew, we're through all that. We're finally through. <laughs> Almost 10 minutes in, and we're, we're, we're finally through the introductions. So I want to get started. I left you guys. I left you guys. I went, got started really getting into the nesting, really getting into the uh, trying to get the household in order, get all the bags packed, the, the, the room organized and everything else, and the first killing happened. The first real uh, shooting happened, and that was in northern Northern California, the Santino uh, Gilroy Garlic Festival, which happened to be a gun-free zone. Happened to be a gun-free zone, right? They they had security there. They were making sure that people were coming in. You know, they would check bags. They would make sure that nobody was was being violent. Well, this shooter happened to be uh, smart enough. Or stupid enough, depending on how you want to look at it, but smart enough to go, huh, I'm not going to go through there. So he goes through and he breaks through the fence, comes in, starts laying down the firepower with a with an AR-15 styled rifle. I believe it was an SKS, if I'm not mistaken. Um, starts laying down fire and the, the security and the, the police were there quickly to respond in order to uh, take down the assailant. Now... The autopsy report has actually shown that this man was the kind of coward that took his own life, took his own life um, on his way down to the ground. So a bullet through the mouth is what took his life, and it was from his own 
own firearm. But that event uh, left us with uh, three dead and dozens injured. Horrible event, and that that really started spurring up the con- controversy. It spurred up the conversation of how are we going to address this? How are we going to stop this? And and what are we going to do as a nation? What are these legislators going to do? How are we going to get rid of the NRA, which is a terrorist organization? Which we will get into that in a little bit. Um, how are we going to how are we going to come together and and fight against the problems that we're facing in this country? That, of course. With three dead was not enough, and so we moved on. We moved on to the next situation. The next horrible, um, disgusting situation of El Paso, Texas. In El Paso, Texas, this is, uh, these are where we're going to get a little bit further into the details as they've been a little bit more uh, recent. But it's important that... Th- El Paso and Dayton, we'll get into Dayton, of course, in a minute. Um, we're going to get a little more into the details here because there, there's a lot there. There's a, a, an abundance of information there that really needs to be dispersed and really uh, is is worth discerning on getting through your own bias, getting through your own agenda, and making sure that we're getting the truth of, of what it is. So with the El Paso, Texas, the report from the media um, was that he was a 21-year-old shooter that there was a manifesto, and I have that manifesto. We'll be breaking into this. Uh, his his inspirations were from the Christchurch shooter in New Zealand. Biggest inspirations from that. Uh, this man was also anti-immigration, just the same way as the Christchurch shooter. But contrary to what the media has been portraying within the manifesto itself, of course, just like the Christchurch shooter, they don't want to get the manifesto out there. They don't want to release this. His views were not changed, were not altered, were not affected by the by President Trump at all. Um, here's a quote from the manifesto. My ideology has not changed for several years. My opinions on automation, immigration, and the, and the rest predate Trump and his campaign for president. I'm putting this here because some people will blame the president or certain presidential candidates for the attack. This is not the case. I knew or I know that the media will probably call me a white supremacist anyway and blame Trump's rhetoric. The media is infamous for fake news. Their reaction to this attack will likely just confirm that. That is the second to last paragraph in this manifesto. Now, if the media actually did their job, if they did their due diligence, and went through and released this along with it, 90% of the attacks that have come, of verbal attacks that have come from this situation would never have existed. Because President Trump has been blamed for the white supremacy in this country. President Trump has been blamed for the uh, for this shooting. President Trump has, has been told that his hands are bloodied with from these 22 that were killed and 26 that were injured. That is their blood on his hands. Along with that, the NRA has received the same blame. The same blame the NRA went to. Now, the NRA is never, the NRA is not pro-gun. I, I'm gonna, I'm, let's dive into this real quick. The NRA is not pro-gun. They're not anti-gun. They're not, they're, they're not gun grabbers, but they're not pro-gun. Aren't you the media as well? Yes. Chris Reynolds, attorney of law here, has a quick question. Aren't you the media as well? Well, 
For for future references, for simplicity, uh, instead of saying the corporate media or the mainstream media, we'll just call them the media. And and what I think here we here at Muddy Waters Media are is is outside of media, despite it being in our name. All right, let's just it's kind of like the uh, libertarian socialists. They're not libertarian; they're just socialists. Um, that, that part of it, you just ignore. Good point, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. Thank you for making that point. Uh, <laughs> but but the media usually when 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 I speak about this is of course the corporate, the mainstream. <laughs> Chris Reynolds, get me with the gotcha. Mm, as my daughter would say, roasted. Um, but nonetheless, if the corporate media was to do their job, that would be this would be something that wouldn't be there because they've been blaming Trump, they've been blaming the NRA, and the NRA as I was saying, is not a pro-gun organization. When President Trump, when any Republican is pushing for gun control in any or any form of capacity or any form or in any capacity, such as banning bump stocks, such as looking at at banning silencers or suppressors, depending on which way you want to look at them, legal versus um, the uh, the technical name. The NRA is silent because it's a Republican. The NRA stands for not they, – they stand only when it's not a Republican doing it. If it's a Democrat, they'll be there. They'll stand locked arms with gun owners of America or other actual pro-gun entities, and they'll file lawsuits. They'll stand up and they'll say, no, don't touch that. That's the Second Amendment. Don't touch this. But when it's President Trump, when it's a Republican in office, they go, ah, we really don't have this kind of, we really don't have this kind of, uh, we don't have that kind of money. It's not going to make it worthwhile for us. They, they show that they're there for the lobby. They're not there for the, for the principle. So the NRA should not be blamed for this. Despite them being a weak gun organization, the NRA, their members have never committed a mass shooting. Their members do uh, – actually, they're one of their guys. I believe it was Stephen Wilkins. I, pull, I, I should uh, – let me verify that real quick. From the Sutherland Church shooting. From the Sutherland Church shooting hero. Stephen Williford. Stephen Williford. He was an NRA member. He was an NRA instructor, and he was the guy that actually saved lives. The NRA actually has saved more lives than they have taken through mass shootings. To blame them, to blame the NRA for any of these shootings is absolutely ridiculous, nonsensical, and it, it, to call them a terrorist group is just uh, idiots. Idiots. I'm not even. I'm not even interested in trying to play the political correctness game. Idiots! If you call the NRA terrorists, you are an idiot. I apologize. I can't. I can't really soften that. I will. Yeah, Dana. Yes, Dana has been has been getting slammed, and and Dana. Dana handles herself so well and handles it through this controversy. Now, her, her husband, though, her husband, I've seen a couple tweets from him. He he is bombastic. He goes right back at him. Uh, I, I love it. Um, I wish he didn't have to. I wish that we could have some civility in this country. But nonetheless, that's not something that's going to be very possible. 
Now, back to the situation. So in El Paso with this with this attack, so you had this individual who was doing this because for political reasons in this, right? In short, America is rotting from the inside out and peaceful means to stop to stop this seem to be nearly impossible. The inconvenient truth is that our leaders, both Democrat and Republican, have been failing us for decades. Sounds like a real Republican shield, doesn't it? They're either complacent or involved in one of the biggest betrayals of the American public in our history, the takeover of the United States government by unchecked corporations. Unchecked corporations. Hmm. I could write a 10-page essay on all the damage these corporations have caused, but here's what's important. That's, this, sounds like, this sounds like a Bernie Sanders. Right? This sounds like a Bernie Sanders. Yeah, the, the, the Democrats aren't doing enough. These unchecked corporations are coming out here, and they're, they're just destroying the country. And I can write 10 pages on this if I could just get a pudding pop, and I could pay my staff $15 an hour by reducing their hours. We will write a good essay here. Give me a pudding pop. Bernie Sanders, right? This, this, this screams Bernie Bam. Bernie Sanders. Due to the death of the baby boomers, all right, definitely not Bernie Sanders anymore, the increasingly anti-immigration immigrant rhetoric of the right and ever-increasing Hispanic population in America will soon be the one-party state. The Democratic Party will own America, and they know it. Guys got a little bit of, a, of an economic grasp on what, why it is that the Democrats have been endorsing, pushing, and incentivizing illegal immigration. He understands it. America will soon be a one-party state. Oh, sorry. Uh, they've already begun the transition by pandering heavily to the Hispanic voting bloc on the first Democratic debate. We covered this. I know Spike and Matt covered this. Uh, it's so, it's so many people. Bernie Sanders, Bernie Bill Cosby. I like it. Maybe I did. Uh, <laughs> um, we covered this. Spike covered this. Matt covered this. We all covered this. There, there was a lot of, of incentivizing. Let me dangle this health care in front of you, illegal immigrants. Let me try to make this a non-crime. Now, we can agree with the non-crime thing. We can agree with making a crime, whatever. But the purpose was, during that first debate, was how can we dangle the better, juicier carrot? Instead of dangling the care for illegal immigration, how are we going to dangle a flame and yawn? How are we going to get as many people here? <sighs> they intend to use open borders, free, free health care for illegal citizens, and to enact a, a, a political coup by incorporating then becoming nearly unanimous in the future. Oh, uh, then legalizing millions of new voters. With policies like these, the Hispanic vote for Democrats will likely become unanimous in the future, much like what we've seen with the African-American population for, uh, I don't know, for the last mm, almost 100 years when we were promised the, for 200. The heavy Hispanic population in Texas will make a, a Democratic stronghold. So he's worried about Texas. This guy's worried about Texas. You've got Republicans that are leaving office that are, are saying that they're going to resign after their current term. You have pundits across the country that are worried about Texas turning blue. A lot of people are seeing this. So what we're seeing here is somebody that is, is has a little bit of, of sanity, but just goes batshit insane and starts doing ridiculously unnecessary and ugly things. Political reasons. This guy does sound like he's got a good grasp. And now I know the media doesn't like it, right? The mainstream media doesn't like it whenever you give somebody a little bit of credit, but humanize these people, humanize these people a little bit. What they did was absolutely disgusting. Killing is bad. 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 Um, but if we're just going to say, look, they're not human. These people that have disgusting views that are willing to go out there and commit 
just repugnant atrocities against others and kill innocent people. If we're just going to act as if they're not even people and we're just going to try to force them into a box and say, you don't have, you don't have rights, you don't have this, you don't have that, then we're going to be doing the same thing that happened in the 1930s down in Germany. We're going to be trying to push the brown shirts into a box and then the brown shirts come out and they're going to gain support in the backgrounds. They're going to gain support in the quote unquote black market on the back, on the back channels of social media. They're going to gain a following, and they're going to be doing a lot of more disgusting things. They're going to be like Antifa. Because nobody wants to fight Antifa. Nobody wants to argue with Antifa. Everyone just wants to allow Antifa to do their thing. Eventually, eventually, these disgusting people with these disgusting views are going to be able to come up to the same power. So understand that these are people too, and they're disgusting people. They're people that have just the the worst, most abhorrent views possible that believe that because of somebody's ethnicity, because of somebody's um, nationality, because of somebody's religion, religion, that that makes them a better or a worse person. That's not a good justification at all. And it's not it's the lowest form of IQ argument that you can possibly have. So. This is somebody who has a decent grasp and just became unhinged, just went to the wayside, lost it all, and and went and did, killed 22 people in the Walmart. Now, there's been some, by the corporate media, some malfeasance, of course, with this beyond just claiming it was Trump's fault and everything else. Um, They've been wrongly claiming that it was an AK-47. AK-47 is a fully automatic rifle. It is a rifle that is legal in the United States. You can get it, but you have to, in accordance with the the National Firearms Act, you have to go and get a bunch of special permits. You have to have a Class 3 permit. You have to go through all kinds of hoops and dangles. and and, To get these is, is incredibly encumbersome. He didn't use that. What he had utilized, and he actually even spelled it out in this manifesto that the media didn't want you to have, was a a WASR-10. And he even admits to it. He even admits to it in here. I realized pretty quickly that this isn't a great choice since it's the civilian version of the AK-47, i.e. it is semi-automatic. It is not designed to shoot rounds quickly, so it overheats massively after about 100 rounds. I'll have to use heat-resistant gloves to get around this. Now, of course, whenever whenever you have a firearm that's going to be heating up at, at quick rates and you're going to be taking them to a high limit, you have worry of jamming. Now, I'm okay with them using a, a worse gun. I'm not okay with them killing people. Killing is bad. Killing is bad. Killing is bad. But if he had a bump stock... On top of this, then what he would be doing is is putting himself more at risk of of failing right right in his own face, right? Just having it all just combust right in front of him and go, I can't do this anymore. But our Republican president decided bump stocks were a good reason to make people tenure felons. Habaneros are hot. So, El Paso situation. Horrible. Horrible situation. Less than a day later, less than a day later, we had, uh, uh, of course, another egregious attack. 
Let, sorry, let me rewind for a second. Now, in response to the El Paso attack, in response to that, we had the left become unhinged, of course. They're sitting there and waiting for the next bloodbath in order to in order to come out and, and just start uh, destroying people, just going after people, attacking with as much uh, vigor as they possibly can 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 muster. Along with that, it was the politicians. The bodies weren't even fully on the ground yet, and politicians were coming out and condemning people. Um, you know, like I had said, they were they were blaming Trump, and they were saying this is a Trump person because obviously it was a white person that was coming into shooting a Hispanic area. So obviously it's because of Trump's rhetoric, this, that, and the other. So it was all Trump's fault. They blamed Trump on this. And now I want to go to the Dayton situation. The Dayton, Ohio situation. Now, in Dayton, Ohio, there was nine killed, 27 injured. Now, the difference between that one and the El Paso, right, um, less than half of, of, of the killing, but these occurred in less than 30 seconds as being reported. Took officers about 20 seconds to arrive and 10 seconds to uh, neutralize the threat. Nine dead, 27 injured. Now, this individual who had performed this, do you think that he was doing this for immigration purposes? No. Do you think that he was doing this because he's a right-winger? No. Do you think that he was doing this because of Trump? No. It was actually was found out that this was a far-left leftist, even self-pronounced as being a, 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 a leftist, somebody far left of, the, of center, somebody that's in the extreme, the radical group of the left, somebody that supported Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, somebody that... Um, you know, had tweeted about taking action because he's tired of waiting for people to accept, accept socialism and just wants to push forward. Somebody that has uh, incredibly egregious views just as well as, as any of the uh, these other shooters, just as well as the other shooters. The problem was, was that he, in fact, was Elizabeth Warren and a Bernie Sanders fan. Tweeted about them, supported them, encouraged them. And he had plenty of tweets out there, you know, with other left-wing um, individuals and endorsing their ideas. Nobody has gone after. Nobody with big names has been going after the fact that Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, who were blaming Trump from the El Paso situation, should take up maybe a little bit, maybe just an iota of, of either credit for the Dayton shooter, or B, say, maybe we made a mistake by blaming somebody. Maybe we should blame the person who's performing these actions and not just trying to do this for quick uh, political expediency. Let's not do this for political gain. How about we be civilized human beings out here in this world? Of course, no one wants to push for that. Nobody wants to push for that. So with this Dane shooter, he was moving towards a bar called Ned Peppers. Now, Ned Peppers was a conservative area. It was, it was kind of the Western theme, which you would uh, which you would uh, think of whenever you think of like a Western thing or like a Southern thing, you would think of someplace that's more conservative, much like a country music uh, concert. Of course, I'm talking about the Las Vegas shooter. Um but this this guy this guy here in Dayton, he was a far far left socialist. He was out there, and the media has just been, nah, it's okay, it's whatever. We're we're not going to push it. We're not going to push too hard for this. 
But, but with this, but with this, Elizabeth Warren is still blaming Trump. She's still blaming Trump. Now, Trump came out today. He, he's been tweeting about this, of course, all weekend long, so he didn't give them the ammunition for the leftists to go. Trump's not, not condoning this. He's not coming out and speaking harshly enough about this. Trump has come out, and he's been speaking on it every single day. He's been pushing for it. He lowered the flags to half-mast yesterday, and uh, they will remain there until August 8th, so we got another three days of that. He's been taking actions. He's been taking pressers. He's been talking. He's been saying... Um, he hopes that these individuals who have been proved, you know, without a reason, uh, beyond a reasonable doubt to be the ones that are committing these atrocities, that they should be given the death penalty and they should be getting them quickly. Um, he's been, <clears throat> he's condemned all of these shootings, every single one of them. So the media lost that ammunition against them. But what he has done was he had said, look. There's a, there's a mental health issue out there where people are willing to come out there and commit or to, to murder other people, to murder innocent people. The Dayton killer killed his sister and her boyfriend. It takes a special kind of person, a special not in a good way at all, because killing is bad, killing is bad, killing is bad. He killed his sister, his 22-year-old sister. He can't... It takes a special kind of switch to be unlocked there for this to be able to to happen. Uh, And so President Trump says that there is a huge mental health issue going on in this country that we need to, to step up and figure out how to fix this and how to resolve the mental health issue. Now, if we look back historically, because guns have always been prevalent in this country, we've had kids bringing guns to their schools. We've had um, adults with, with open carry with, with concealed carry. It's never been an issue until really Columbine um, that, that, kind of mass shooting started building up and everything else. And it's just kind of a a real near historical event where these shootings are becoming pretty prevalent. So there was a change. Um, There was a, there was a big change that that's gone on. And so Trump is looking at it at, from a mental health perspective, point of view um we had what was it back in and during reagan we kind of unlocked people and we said look we're not if you have like a a a violent health condition mental health condition we're not going to keep you in these wards we're going to allow you to be free you're going to walk among the people you're going to be um have your freedoms and all that and and that's grown on. We've we've had the welfare state where women are incentivized to not be married, to have children, but not be married. You get more more incentives. You get WIC. You get food. You get you get all kinds of supplements and and um, benefits from doing that. We've so we've disenfranchised the family. We've done a lot of different things. And so President Trump was just focusing on the mental health aspect of this. I think that there's much more to it, um, but that's where he's been focusing on it. And every single one of the Democrats that are running for president, I believe, I haven't seen all of them. I know Cory Brooker, I know Elizabeth Warren, I, I, Bernie Sanders, and a couple others have said, look, there's nothing 
white supremacy is not a mental health issue. It's not a mental health issue. I think that it might be a mental health issue just because if you have somebody that's willing to kill somebody else because of your views, there might be a a strong disconnect in in the way that you've been wired. And it's not your heart. Your heart does not actually do anything for you other than pump blood, despite the way that we have – as a society, as a, as a culture, we've given your heart to, to – that's where you get your emotion from. No, it's all from your brain. And so it is a mental health issue. Um, but beyond that, beyond that, they're trying to strawman this and say, look, white supremacy is the only issue here. White supremacy is the only issue here. White supremacy was not Dayton's reason for, for those nine to be dead. It wasn't white supremacy there. So what these leftists are doing – What these Democrats are doing is they're saying, look, we're only focused on the ones that seem like they're white supremacy. The ones that we can throw the guise of of white supremacy over, those are the ones that we're worried about. But if you kill in the name of leftism, if you kill in the way of socialism, if you kill people, you want to drag people to the gulag, I have no problem with it. I have no problem with it at all. You do what you want to do. You go and be as egregious as you want to be. You go and push for that as, as hard and, then, and kill people and do whatever it is that you want to do. We'll remain silent and we'll give you cover fire. So huge, huge political misstep there. And I don't see really anybody jumping on board with that yet. Maybe maybe tomorrow, maybe, maybe as you're listening to your other favorite podcasters who, for whatever reason, are not us here at Muddy Waters Media. Um, but if you, if you listen to the other podcasters and you start hear that and you start picking up on that, that was a huge misstep by all of them because they are absolutely 100% saying, as long as you're not white supremacist, I, it's not a mental health issue. Get fucked. Sorry. Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, Bernie Sanders, you guys are all disgusting people. I, I'm not afraid to say it. Um, but the problem with this, uh, another big problem with this, because it's not just just the Democrats that are messing up here. President Trump is now pushing to embolden the background checks, making tweets and, and pushing for that. Huge issue. Huge issue. Right. Background checks. They have not been effective. The background checks for the El Paso would not have stopped him. The background checks for the Dayton, Ohio would not have stopped him. It would have not stopped any of them. Because they didn't have a criminal record. So what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do, President Trump? How are you going to, if you're going to enact legislation from an event because of an event happening, maybe that legislation should actually be trying to prevent from that event from happening again. I don't scrape my knee and then go, I'm going to wear a glove now. Oh, I'm so much safer, guys. I have a glove. My knees will not get scraped anymore because I have this beautiful glove on. It doesn't make sense. So President Trump, if you want to go after people for for background checks and say, look, we're going to get into this, then qualify that. Qualify how it is that these background checks are going to prevent these. We're going to start snooping into people? Well, President Trump actually came out and and said how it is that he wants to do this. So if you guys have been following conservatives for a while, if you guys have been following Trump for a while, if you guys have been following social media for a while, you guys would know that there's been a huge issue where social media has been controlling. Social media has been saying, look, you know, we don't like these views. They've been deplatforming people. They've been taking people away from, you know, um, PayPal was, I believe it was PayPal. Might have been Venmo. One of the two. 
was actually blocking people from utilizing their platform. You have banks now that are kind of like getting weary on, on allowing certain customers. You have social media platforms that are just completely dis, disavowing people and not allowing them on their platforms. President Trump says, hey, look, uh, you guys do kind of a good job at this. Um, how about we give you guys power? How about we give you guys some authority on this and you guys can go ahead and uh, let us know if somebody's going to be violent. Let us know if somebody's going to be uh, showing the signs that they <laughs> yes g slice that they are are a risk for the rest of society so and then go ahead just contact the authorities you can go through that whole entire thing and and we can push that we can allow that so the Groups of people, the organizations, the Silicon Valley people um, who despise and hate the conservatives um, as depicted by the actions that have been been taken. Those that despise those that they disagree with, they should have control over your livelihood. I don't like you could tweet, right? I don't like Obama. Oh, Bob, let's go send the SWAT team in. Let's go send the SWAT team. This guy, this guy's, uh, he's, whoo, he's a vicious one. He's like, oh. Mm. President Trump is pushing for this. I don't, I don't know, like, what kind of, of evidence I need to provide. I don't know what I need to spell out for so many people. President Trump has feelings. He doesn't have principles. He has ideas, but he doesn't have a core fundamental path forward. He doesn't have a, a, a light at the end of the tunnel that he's working towards. He's just kind of going and, and hopping around and, or trudging, trudging through the swamp that he's in, that he's kind of made himself familiar with, that he's kind of uh, made it his own. And he's just trudging around, and he's just, eh, we've got this idea. I'm going to throw it out there. Give social media more power. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea if you haven't been paying attention to even your own complaints about them. This, this, maybe President Trump isn't the best person for us. Maybe he's not the god that a lot of, of people try to portray him out to be. You can you can support President Trump when he does right, but but damn it, when he does wrong, can you at least slap him on the wrist a little bit? Can you at least act like you care a, a little bit? Feelings, not principle. <laughs> it's <laughs> President Trump, man. He's he's failing us all over. So he's pushing for this background checks. Now, that's a huge issue, right? Because these background checks aren't going to solve the issues. Um, we've had the fix next thing, or we've had the NIC system where the NIC system is going after and it's, it's preventing people who are like veterans who've had certain conditions, PTSD being one of them. Um, they can't have firearms and, and they're trying to embolden that and grow that. So if we're going to embolden the background checks, are we going to be violating HIPAA where your private your, your discussions with your doctor, your medical treatment, um, that gets released to the government in order to, to, to move forward. Are you going to have to forfeit your Fourth Amendment in order to practice your Second Amendment? Are, you know, are they going to embolden the standards? Basically, so with the military, you have the four alpha list. The four alpha list is people that have these certain conditions can't come into the military. Are we going to embolden that same list? 
and and have a, a similar list for who can have guns and say, look, you know, if you have PTSD, if you've been to a therapist, if you've if you've ever been diagnosed with depression, if you've ever been diagnosed with anxiety, um, you know, seeing this as a growing, um, let's say maybe even an epidemic. Um, because of how many people are, are being diagnosed with those things, depression and anxiety, if, if that becomes what prevents people from being able to, to obtain firearms, it looks as if we're going down the path of the government is just infringing upon people, preventing more and more people slowly through, through, uh, through increment uh, changes in order to prevent the people from being armed. It's It's... You have the guy that campaigned and said, look, I am a proud Second Amendment supporter. I will be your greatest defender of the Second Amendment. And he's pushing bull like this. He's pushing absolute garbage like this. And and a question from Meat Truck Mike. Do you think Trump will win the next election? Sadly, I think that he will. I don't think that there's anyone good out there. Really, like any anyone with with a serious chance, I think that people need to start looking at the Libertarian Party more, you know, uh, because Kim Ruff, she's she's ooh, Kim Ruff, man. <laughs> she would uh, she would definitely rough up the competition if she had the opportunity. Um, you got to look at the Libertarian Party. But but when it comes to Trump, unless the economy collapses, unless the economy just the bottom falls out. President Trump is probably going to be in 2020. Um, and that's even saying with the uh, S&P dropping 800 points today, like 3%. Um, <sighs> this is applicable with the Navy as well. Um, tell me what it is Trump is pushing that is garbage. I'm not following you. Pushing to embolden the background checks um, because of the way that they they would be going in. The only way that they could be more quote unquote effective is by taking more innocent people that have good intentions that don't have intentions of hurting others. So you're going to be taking away the Second Amendment rights of more people um, as a means of stopping a couple. Now, going along those lines, if we follow that down and through to the logical uh, conclusion, if you have, let's say, let's say we implement and we stop people from having condition X and that's it, right? So we violate HIPAA. We do, we ignore HIPAA. If you've ever been diagnosed with condition X, you are no longer applicable to, um, to having a firearm. And that, that negates 1 million people. Let's just over-exaggerate it. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's an understatement, but, but for a hypothetical situation, it negates a, a million people from being able to carry a firearm. Now, either A, those million people are going to go to the black market, which is possible. Of course, not all of them. But many of those will be going to, um, will not be able to have firearms, right? They're afraid of the legality. They're afraid of the police coming in and and raiding their houses and and killing them over this. Um, They're afraid of the fines and fees and, and sitting in jail time. So they're not getting it. Now, out of those million people, how many of those are going to be negatively affected? How many of those will be robbed at one point? How many of those will be aggressed upon and be incapable of defending themselves? That's one issue. But then out of those million people, 
how many of those are actually going to be performing uh, negative actions against others? How many are going to be infringing upon those who have not aggressed upon them? So if we save, if we save one person, one person out of the million, two people out of the million that would have otherwise killed and, and that's it. We have to weigh those out. And so I don't think that we're going to be getting to a situation where those people who want to uh, legally obtain firearms and have more restrictions, we're going to see less people being able to do that. And so you're, you're creating either the incentive for the black market or you're creating prey. One issue here with a lot of these crime or with a lot of these um, uh, firearm events or mass shootings, these are mostly happening in gun-free zones, about 98% in accordance with the study. Um, 98% happening in, in gun-free zones. So when you take people away from their guns and you say, here, go be your sheeple over here, and then somebody goes, eh, I'm not going to follow that law. I'm going to go in there and shoot them up. I got, I got an agenda to push. I got, I got a purpose. And they go and do that. And it's just like, oh, no, there's so many people killed. What we have to do is we have to ban more guns. What you're doing is you're saying, look, so many people were victimized. So many people were victimized. And so we're going to make it easier for more people to be victimized. And and when that doesn't work, we're going to make more people victimized. And we'll just keep doing this. We'll just keep pushing this insanity and hoping that one day, after the 20,000 laws that we have on the books, it's going to be 20,001 laws that are going to fix this system. It's going to be 20,002 laws that are going to fix this system. One more law is not going to make an appreciable difference for saving lives. It's actually just going to be more catastrophic. It's going to be more difficult because with every new law, these laws are being uh, enforced at the point of a gun. When people are being killed over these laws, it's not going to the intent of what they were. We're going to make you more safe. Uh, how, are you, how are you going to make me more safe? Well, you're going to wear a seatbelt. All right, well, I don't, I don't want to wear a seatbelt. Well, if you're, if you're not going to wear a seatbelt, um, then I'm going to give you a fine. I'm not going to pay the fine. Well, then you're going to lose your license. Uh, I'm still going to go to work. I still have, I have a family. I'm going to put food on my table. Well, <sighs> Sounds like you're resisting arrest. I'm going to th- throw you on the ground. Well, I'm going to resist that because I'm not going. And then he gets shot. Oh, man, that's horrible. Oh, that safe seatbelt. Seatbelt is really there to save you. Really there to save you. So something as simple as a seatbelt isn't going to do it. Imagine what would happen if they, they you know, President Trump enacts with, through an executive order and Congress doesn't care and the Supreme Court doesn't care. And he just overnight just makes it to where it's illegal for you to own a, a semi-automatic handgun. If you have a handgun, I wouldn't recommend getting rid of it. Keep it. Molon Labe. Take it from my cold, dead fingers. Chances are some of us will die. Absolutely. I know I... I there's not a chance in hell that I'm giving up my guns. I'm not even going to lie to people and say, oh, I lost in a boating accident. Nope. I'm not afraid. Because I will stand up against tyranny. And when they push this, and when they push this, all they are doing is trying to disarm more people. We'll go back to 1772. We'll go back. We'll fight. 
And I, I hope that more people are willing to do that as these these gun control measures are being implemented, as they're being pushed. Our great and strong Second Amendment supporting president, the most libertarian president of anyone's lifetime, pushing for more gun control. <sighs> yes, Colleen, you do need a gun. <laughs> Tom Arnold says preach. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? All right. So while we're talking about Trump and and bad decisions and and all of that, I I do want to transition over to the tariffs. I do want to transition over that because it's, it's something that's going to be affecting us. Have you guys lost your mind? No, we, we believe in freedom. China has been a big issue, and a lot of people hate China. I don't, I, I, I don't find China to be a favorable person or entity or group or collective, whatever you want to call them. China is not really that country that is like, I really like them. I would, I would like to be best friends with them. China is that kind of person that, you know, that customer that comes into your, if you're a business owner or you, you've ever worked with customers, it's that customer that comes in that, you know, you, you, make trades, you barter, you work with one another. And, and as a result, as soon as they leave, they're done. And they're, you know, you kind of want to wash yourself and be done with them. This has been the way it's been with China for a long time. Cheap labor. Uh, they, they do quick turnarounds. You get whatever it is that you want and you can get, you're getting your services for nice and cheap. So China has been doing this for a long time. They're manipulating their currencies. They're doing a lot of internal things over there that are sketchy, that aren't good. President Trump has decided that once he becomes president of the United States, that he's going to dictate over what what is allowed over there. Um, So along with a lot of the other countries, such as Europe, uh, in Europe, we we had one against the UK. We had one, uh, I believe, France, Germany. Uh, Mexico, uh, you know, we've, we've had tariffs being fought or sorry, Canada, not Mexico, Canada. Uh, we've had tariffs being applied by president Trump, which is actually an article one, uh, congressional power. He's been applying these tariffs and, and China certainly has been one that has been making the big lines, the big headlines. Um, because he's just, he just keeps ramping it up. Whenever he increased the tariffs, they start manipulating their currencies. They kind of get the wash. And as a result, as a result, what it is is the American people are paying more. Now, you, the American people, you can say, well, I haven't seen this. I haven't seen an appreciable jump in, in how much I'm having to spend and how much I'm having to, uh, when I go to the market and I'm buying washers, dryers, whatever it is, I'm not spending that much more than what I was before. Maybe maybe a little bit, but uh, it's not too much more. Well, that's because it's been subsidized. So the taxes that you've been paying into your government, they take that, they throw that into these markets that have been negatively affected. We talked about the farmers before. Um, so they send it back into the markets where you don't get the feelings that you're being affected, right? This is why taxation with the exorbitantness that it is, is so detrimental because you don't even know what you're spending your money on. You don't know where all of the dollars that you spend and that you check on April 15th, you don't know where all of that went to. But a lot of that went to the things that you're already buying, which just made it to where uh, you didn't notice that you're paying more for it over time. So been affecting us. Now everyone says, well, Jason, if, if these tariffs aren't working and you're opposed to them because it's just, an, it's just a tax on the American consumer, those who are at the last end of the deal, then what do we do? 
How about we focus on what we have control over? The President of the United States and Congress have always been telling us, mostly the Republicans, have always been telling us that, hey, look, you should have your property. You should do with your property what you want. You should be able to have be, be free. And, and President Trump was campaigning on reducing taxes, right? Tax and job cut. He was very effective. Pardon me. He was very effective at actually reducing taxes in some ways, even the, the corporate taxes. Fantastic work there. Keep it going. Keep it coming. Now, of course, there was the trigger on those. And so those will be uh, declining over time and we'll, we'll move back up to having higher taxes because he just wanted the quick ego uh, or ego boost of, of having a, a short temporary fix to the problem, get the, the morale, get the people behind them, and he'll, he'll screw you over in the end like most business people try to do. Um, <clears throat> but keep moving that way. He cut 22 regulations for everyone enacted in his first year in, as president. Cut those. Cut the, cut the regulation. Cut the taxes. Cut the government out of these markets Get rid of the minimum wage, reduce the minimum wage, cut the entitlements that are mandated, stop pushing for family matern- or, uh, mandatory family leave, which is a socialist idea um, in its basis. Move that way. Move away from the government being involved and allow the market to be competitive. It, it, it Move away from the government having all these controls and then we can be competitive with China. If we are going to compete with, if we have a problem with China taking too much of our goods and our services and, and taking too much of our, our our business, and we have this giant deficit with them, which deficits are dumb, it's a worthless statistic. Um, if we're worried about the deficit, then <coughs> then how about we become competitive? Then how about we get the government out of our way so where we can provide as many services and goods to those who want to voluntarily pick us over China, over Mexico, over Canada, over Europe, over any Asian country, wherever it is. Why don't we try to be more competitive? And if that's not the the desire, then what the hell are you trying to do by dictating another country and how they interact? If if that's really what you want to do, if you just – it just shows that the the idea that President Trump wants to have control. He wants to be able to have influence, and by influence, he wants to control them. It, it, I can't I can't stand by and and accept that this is this is for the betterment of the country. That somebody who is going to try to dictate somebody else is for the betterment of our country. We can we can we can't even handle our own internal affairs, but we're going to be able to to do right by others or do right for others. We we can't do it in the Middle East, we can't do it in Africa, we can't do it in South America. China is going to be the one that we do. China is going to be the great one. That's going to be the success plan. I, I I don't buy it. I don't buy it for one for one bit. Um it, it's just horrible. Yeah. <sighs> Bush wanted to take everyone's social security insurance and put that into the stock market. Imagine where we would be now. If I want to take your social security insurance and give it back to the people that paid into it. 
I, I would like to to remove all entitlements. I would like to remove all welfare. I would like to to have a society where we can provide for ourselves. We don't need Big Brother. We don't need government coming in and providing this for us. We can take care of our own. We have communities. We have families. We have churches. We have cities. We have states. We have people that we can rely on one another for instead of just having our hand out and, and hoping that government's going to fill it in for us. Government screws up our, our stock market all the time. You know, Federal Reserve just dropped the interest rates. Um, they they ruin our our economy. They ruin our ability to invest in order to spend as we want to see fit. It's our property. We just aren't allowed to do the things that we want to do with it because they take so much of that. So when we have that, when we have that. If you can fix your house, don't work on your neighbors. Yes, if you can't fix your house, don't work on your neighbors. Absolutely, Odin. Absolutely. Um, if you if, if you can't even set up your own life, and then they go, well, we stole all this money throughout your entire lifetime, so now we're going to give this to you in the end. Look at how good we are. This is the broken window fallacy. Government runs through, punches all of the windows in the neighborhood, and then goes, hey, guys, we're going to come through, and we're going to fix all of these windows for you. Do you like these windows? Look at these windows. These windows look nice. We built these windows for you. We're compassionate. We're caring. Now give me your vote, and then uh, I'll take another 10% off the top. Huh? Huh? But with that, guys, um, I do want to say this Wednesday night, this Wednesday night, Spike, Spike Cohen, your neighborhood-friendly local Jew, he will have on Kim Ruff. I mentioned her earlier that you guys need to be looking at the Libertarian Party and, and finding out what it is that Kim Ruff is going to be doing here on the 2020 presidential campaign trail. What is she doing? What is her future? And how is, how is it going to be so much better than what any Republican or Democrat can give to you? Um, she's going to be on with Spike Cohen this Wednesday night. This Wednesday night with Spike Cohen, 8 p.m. Eastern. I do believe, make sure you guys tune in for that. She was on with Matt Wright last Thursday, so you get tuned in there as well. Um, but make sure you guys tune in for that. But without that, besides that, this week is going to be a lot of fun. We got tomorrow night. We got Spike and Matt together. Of course, Muddy Waters Media coming together on on Tuesdays. Spike and Kim Ruff on Wednesday. Matt's got his show on Thursday as well. The Writers Block. So tune in for that. And then I'll be finished off the week Friday night. With me, Mr. America, the Beard of Truth, Jason Lyon. Uh, I'm glad to be back. I'm so thankful that you guys are still here and you guys are still showing me all the support. And uh, I, I love you all. I appreciate you all. And um, thank you guys all. I, I cannot wait to see you guys again this Friday night. And uh, take care. Be well. And I'll see you guys in the comment sections throughout the week. I will see you guys Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. I am Mr. Murka, the Bearded Truth, Jason Lyon. Take care. <laughs>